0: From 11FS, I'm Simon Taylor, and coming up on this week's Fintech Insider News, we cover the Equifax hack, we do our first ever Emoji Wall of Doom, and we do some swears in front of a live audience. Crowd, say hello! Hello! <laughs> All this and more on today's extra special After Dark episode of Fintech Insider News. Let's get to it. We are here at WeWork Altgate for our very first Fintech Insider After Dark. I'm Simon Taylor and I'm joined by my 11FS colleagues. First up, it's the instigator, CEO and resident office DJ looking guy, David Breer. David, say Hi. Hello. And then quite possibly my favorite fintech geek, it's co-founder of 11FS, Jason. Jason, say hi. Hey. But we couldn't do this show alone. Tonight, we've got some very special guests for our audience. First up, we have Business Insider Analyst, Sarah Kachansky. Good evening. Next, we have the unbelievably talented, the witty, the dreamy, Liz Lumley. Liz, how are you? I'm very well. And lastly, but by no means least... It's the superstar hype man, the man with the caps, the man with all the merch, it's Jamie from Bud. Jamie from Bud, how are you, sir?
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for that. More you know how we super do. Super Southern AGM. <laughs> All righty.
0: And first up, we've got a story from The Economist about how digital technology can make financial struggles easier to manage. Oh, very on David Breer, You you contributed to this article, didn't you do? David, what were your thoughts?
2: It's actually really hard to go into this market.
0: So, uh, an area of
2: sophistication where you need specific types of functionality to really keep uh, engaging people. Thank you very much. You know, very very similar to actually not not just the the bottom end of the market, you know, people people talk about the bottom of the pyramid but you know the the top end of this spectrum in terms of wealth clients as well you know digital hasn't really delivered on giving a you know that concierge service that you sort of talk about so you know until really we get a low-cost platform in a, from uh, you know really realizing the benefits of digital I don't think the bo- the very top or the very bottom are
0: going to be uh, our for. good friend Costa Peric from the Gates Foundation uh, has often said though that from a global development perspective actually a bank profiting from low-income people it's no bad thing in fact actually that spurs development that yeah. spurs growth and it helps people it lifts them out of poverty yeah, more anything often.
3: to keep these people off of the, you know the prepaid cards and the the loan sharks and the big loans and getting them a bank account that keeps their money safe is a good thing
0: solve a real problem Absolutely. Alrighty, uh, uh so
1: hang on, next story we, up. hang on before we move on. I just I didn't see much of David Breer in this in this article until I read <laughs> one word one word which was oodles. <laughs> and I don't think I'd ever read an Economist article with the word oodles uh, it's anywhere. A technical term, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, for, it's for financial. For absolutely loads.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an acronym. I can't quite put my finger on what it says. Right now. It's
4: <laughs> so,
3: yeah, so big. David's like the Pollyanna of the fintech industry. He's all like wholesome and good. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. All
0: right. <laughs> oh, little of wine have you been drinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So much wine here. Uh, next story was actually submitted to our website, fintechinsidernews.com, by our good friend Bob McLean. The headline here from BBC News is, the surprising place where cash is going extinct. Jason, can you tell us a little bit about this one?
4: Yeah, so... It's Somalia. Particular stories about Somaliland, and but there's been all kinds of stories in the past week about Sweden and China and a variety of places going cashless. Going back to actually my trip to uh, Chicago, where you actually think the U.S. is must be the most you know, behind the whole cashless society place. I went into, I'm not kidding. I went into a burger place called Epic Burgers in Chicago. They do, I mean, it's crazy. They do uh, local beef, they do organic produce, but they also have this, this uh, sign on the door that says cash was king. You know, no longer do we take cash because it's more ecologically friendly not to accept cash. Oh. Yeah. Right. So they, here they I was in the, the of Chicago with an ecologically friendly, locally organically grown uh, produce burger place that isn't taking cash. Like, is this traveling the world? Is this whole thing happening?
5: I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on this. I think this is a very specific example. Okay, we're talking about land, what, in Chicago. Chicago. Well, yeah, that's a very specific example in Chicago. How many eco-friendly places do you know in Chicago? Um, as an aside, Somaliland is like they they only became a country in the last 20 years, they only invented a currency. So if you're going to go down this route, you have to look at the different examples from different countries. So Sweden is arguably very different from China, which is arguably very different from Somaliland. And in each of those examples, I would say it's going to be incredibly difficult to go back to our previous point about getting an entire country to give up cash. You're always going to exclude somebody as it is right now. So how do you do it? How do you make sure that when you're moving to these digital-only systems, you're not cutting out normally what's the most vulnerable part of society?
1: And, you know, recently we were talking to a a company based out in in Dubai, and they said a lot of the um, companies out there who, you know, who are dealing primarily in cash is the reason why they don't want to accept cards or any kind of digital... Transactions because they want to be kept out of the tax system. Well, there is that, yeah. So there is, is, you know, there are lots of factors which are kind of. So so I think,
4: like, we never have this crowd in front of us. We have to use the wisdom of crowds here. So cash is dying out all over the place. Hands up who's used cash today? Oh, there's a few.
5: Oh, wow.
4: So what did you use cash for? Shout out. Coffee. Coffee. Taxi. Updating your Oyster oh. card with cash. Oh,
3: wow.
2: You know this is like a fintech thing, yeah? <laughs> Just shoving it in where the ticket goes, yeah. <laughs> so who's used cash this week?
0: Okay, slightly I more. more. One, what about, one on the bench. What about okay. this
4: month? No, okay, so lots of people. So, like, what are the top uses of cash? You know, again, shout out. Haircut,
3: Haircut
5: and nails.
4: Haircut and nails. Well, is this, two is this different a people,
5: thing? but, you know, maybe the same person, I don't know.
1: Food, food markets? markets?
5: You mean like a, kind of like a petticoat lane, like, street food market? Okay. Ah, no, uh, yeah, lots of nods for street food markets. Okay.
1: Lots of hipsters in.
4: I think we're in a little bit of a bubble here. <laughs> So I think the uh, the crowd has told us that they uh, they use cash, but for that uh, like high end food market with their cronuts and their you know
5: and, cu- and having their haircut and so having
0: their haircut. Hey, don't dis cronuts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's great about this is so in in uh, Somaliland um, the currency. The reason why this is kind of um, this has happened is because the currency has got such terrible rates. It's nine thousand shillings to yeah, the shillings dollar. To dollar. So the amount of cash that people have to actually carry around with them is is really um is really un- it's quite a lot. So what kind of amused me a little bit in this story was I was just imagining the startup pitch. If there's anyone here working for a startup, um you'll know that there's a lot of pitching that you need to do and often that starts with thinking about the problem and your solution. And I I thought it'd be quite funny that you know if they were going to present this it would be well okay the problem is that my arm hurts from carrying around bags of cash everywhere or or um, I'm a small business and people keep stealing the wheelbarrow that my bundles of cash has to be in because I can't sell anything for less than 9,000 uh, sheets of paper.
4: But I have to stop you here because it's a first world problem as well. I've heard Will I. Am on a video talk about the large number of checks in his glove compartment like there's
2: a problem there let's not get onto atom and will i am again like
4: come on
3: (laughs) i've got i've got a bit of a side thing about cashless um i i was in a pub in the Covent garden with lots of tourists and i can say this there were american tourists there that were upsetting me because i can say that i'm upset you you realize you're
2: american i know i know (laughs) they're
3: upsetting me and i paid for my pint with my contactless card and of course the the teenage boy next to me was like ooh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: magic. Uh, magic. So I found a trick. I had drinks with Nina Moriarty today, if anyone knows her. And she said, you know what, a really good trick in America if you take your contactless card into America and the, the cash till says Apple Pay, you can use your contactless card and really freak out the people at the till wow. because it's all NFC.
2: Finally, the
0: benefit of Apple Pay, right? <laughs> I, 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 I love freaking out some strangers. That's the way. I love freaking out some uh, strangers. It's the way forward. Um, so we have an insuretech story them coming up. So for this, I need to hand over to Nigel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to move out of the way. Nigel, take my seat, sir. Come on. <laughs>
4: Do you
2: actually have your own jingle, Nigel? Is that? I'm excited about that. It's very cool. <laughs> not, dress down, Nigel, for today as well. Like, t- tell the story, Nigel, because it was a funny. Like,
6: Ni- Nigel DM me this morning as he was leaving his house. And what did you say, Nigel? I ha- I had to explain to my kids why I wasn't in a suit. I turn up here every time in a shirt and tie as the odd guy out. Everyone's like this in cool clothes so, you know. And I'm there in a suit and tie. And my kids said to me, "Daddy, are you not going to work today?" I said, "I am, but it's." oh, don't worry, it's Mufti Day. So that was the easiest way to explain
4: to me. Did did, did they uh, kind of go into tears? Daddy, have you
1: lost your job? (laughs) Daddy's not James Bond anymore. Why is it not Mufti Day for us? (laughs) Indeed,
2: but um, really, really interesting story, this one, actually. And uh, so this is uh, do or die. So this is five changes insurance, insurers must actually make. And it was quite a a kind of
6: entertaining
2: little article, Nigel, wasn't it? What what do you think about it?
6: Oh, man, this got my blood boiling. So (laughs) entertaining. I shouldn't say this, should I? But there we go. It's too late. It was entertaining in that it was five things that you could pick up about any industry. And it was almost common sense. Every single one of the things on there from if you can't change the people, you change the people. I've been guilty of. See, look, everyone. (laughs) Liz is falling off a seat already. So things like that, you know, they just got my blood boiling because we get it. We understand it, we're in this space. There was two things in there that were important to me. Paranoia, right? Let's make sure that let's not be afraid to be paranoid. I was talking to someone this morning about kids again and the fact that my four-year-old on average will ask me 400 questions a day. When did we stop asking 400 questions and be paranoid about our existence? So that for me was really, really important. Um, But generally, it was so generic. It started off about insurers, went on to reinsurers. It was too generic. It didn't focus on the customer enough for me. I, I love the banished complacency and smugness. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be banished complacency and smugglers in articles.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the serious point here, surely, is like you're only paranoid if they're not out to get you. And people are out to get you. So, you know, I
6: could not agree more. So I think, you know, the, the intent of it was there. Um, but there's a we're we're so much further ahead than that today.
1: Shall we run through the shall we run through the the tips that are that, oh, are, that are given? Okay. I think they're pretty I'll, good. So number one up, is on um, banish complacency and smugness. Which in articles, in articles, our, our so
6: do, do we agree? Show of hands for everyone. Do we should we oh, yeah. banish smugness and complacency?
5: Well, generally or in the workplace? Ooh.
6: Do we think we should banish
5: smugness
1: and complacency? Oh, that no, no, we don't. I, I'm all for um, a little ma- bit of smugness,
2: <laughs> like number- not complacency, but smugness is fine, you know. <laughs>
1: Number two is, uh, change is a way of life. Be ready.
2: Oh, wow.
1: David, I think I've seen that as a sticker on your laptop. Pretty Uh, much, Number three is, emotion trumps logic understand your customers by show of hands do we believe or disbelieve that
6: now this is important though right so emotion about how we purchase how we engage on something for insurance which is a emotive product we're going to spend money on something we never want to use really is a really important piece for me but again it started out as insurers then went to reinsurers so it's kind of mixed it all up a little bit too much
2: yeah i'm I'm not convinced by that one if i'm you like um like late night, last night, I was getting pretty emotional with Simon earlier on on Slack. So like, you know, I'm all for logic. I think logic trumps this Yeah, one. yeah but I, I, see, I'm going to disagree with you on this one because
4: uh, I think financial services for the longest time have have played on that. Here's a logically better financial product. Therefore, you should buy this. But actually people do make decisions that are, you know, extremely emotional. And actually the worst dark patterns of marketing are based on those You know emotional and um, and non logical biases so rather than actually using those to sell crazy products like i don't know overdraft charges we're only going to charge you three pounds a day rather than this interest rate that should be better yeah you know actually we should be using those biases to improve customers lives
6: I i come back to you and say what you've just explained trumps the article by a million percent <laughs> number one number two the art of storytelling to our customers as to why they want insurance and need insurance either for the year for the moment in time or whatever they're going to do is the important point so the, st- the art of storytelling is key therefore then emotion for me then trumps the logic
2: I- i'm not sure we can say trumps in a positive way anymore can we is that is that it's like a it's, going it's on actually the list. got negative it's on the
3: list of
5: words we can't use yeah, anymore yeah
3: you bring in all these, like, lean startup, you know, teachers that say have data points and have, you know, validate your assumptions and don't do your gut feeling and emotion. So it's all...
6: So data, right?
3: Data. <laughs> but data then... But
6: hang on, to so data then... Um, spawns an emotion hey Nigel you've not walked far enough today hey Nigel you've eaten way yeah. too much today that spawns an emotion that makes you want to do something is
2: that like a text from your wife <laughs> I used, noticed he Daddy reached Daddy for the wine as he said
3: that <laughs> he like right. went for the wine there. <laughs> <laughs> she'll never Arnold. notice
1: number uh, number four is stop thinking short term
6: so this is the other second this is the second most important one on this list for me so the short term is so don't feel fast you're an insurance company that focuses on risk and you're risk adverse by nature, not the not failing fast, but actually organizations that have a long-term perspective or view about where all these things are going I, I think have an advantage for those that are focused on numbers, numbers, numbers. And if you're focused on outperforming or doing something different to the competitors, it's a short-term view. It's quarter on quarter on quarter. And that will impede your ability to be successful in the long-term. So I actually agree with this one. It,
2: it kind of depends on what stage you're at, right? If you're a startup and you start thinking long-term and you run out of money, it's going to be a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like, And it kind of, you know, we had um, Gary Vaynerchuk on the podcast. and actually it's that clouds and dirt mentality. You know, you've got to have the, the view in the clouds of the strategy and where you want to go to but have the the ability to kind of get your hands dirty and move with the tactics so i think it's how do you carry both of those things and, and really sort of D- move
6: them dare forward. i say cheesy buzzword here or cheesy cheesy slogan think big start small, act quickly and that for we see and that for me is a i've also seen that uh sticker on
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of space right now honestly <laughs>
1: okay and the, and the fifth the fifth one on here which is actually my personal favorite is is uh, be paranoid Question your right to exist. <laughs> yeah, now this is what personally? <laughs> the personal motto. It's on my laptop. This uh... this sounds like either like it's
2: a
5: marijuana thing
2: or it or it's like some sort of offshoot of X Files. I'm not really sure which one is it.
5: No, but I go back to my point that like if you if people are out to get you, which if you're in the insurance industry, I'm sorry, people are like whether they're the people who have stopped buying your product or the people who want to replace you, then you should be paranoid. You should be thinking, how can we up our game? Like that should be always on your mind, right?
6: But I, I break it into multiple categories, which is why the article's confused for me. So as an insurer, I would be paranoid about my existence. As a reinsurer, I've got a massive market that I can enable through startups with access to regulation and capital that says, you don't need a primary channel anymore. You can go direct via these new guys that have all the access. I completely agree with that. And ladies and gentlemen, here's to paranoia. Um, <laughs> move, moving on.
0: Yeah, so now for something completely different um, We need to remove the screen here for a second And go to something uh, the, We're calling the Wall of Emoji Wow Oh yeah, oh, yeah. so let, let me walk you through the Wall do of I Emoji have to do pass David this microphone without making choice There you go, David yeah. Okay, so the Wall of Emoji As you can see behind us I will describe for podcast listeners Has four categories to it The first category is, well, it's somebody about to vomit. You can kind of guess what we think of somebody about to vomit. It's generally bleh. So this is, we're gonna take the words that you see, like corporate VC, technology company, Apple Pay, ICOs, Innovation Labs, and we're gonna put, you might see where we've got this trope from. I was gonna say, like, is this a Top Gear, like, knockoff without, no, 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 no. no. I was hinting at it, I wasn't giving (laughs) it away. and of course, then we have this guy right here. This this emoji is very meh. You can see his eyebrows are kind of to the right. He's not very sure about life. Um, we have a, a thinking face here, of like oh, you know, it could be alright, but we're not really sure. It's kind of lost its cause. And then, of course, this this is the ghost of everything. This is this is holy hell. Raise the roof. We love everything but 90s hip-hop references, all of the above. Uh, so, do you want to take us through, David? Where are you going to start? Where you Let, going to start? Let's start with ample pay. Ample like pay. I'm sorry, I, like, I've been a... Yeah.
2: I, like, I have pretty much, every, like, a, my wife's in the audience tonight. It, it's, a, it's actually my, my wedding anniversary tonight. Uh, yeah. It's kind of awkward. Where's Mrs. Breer? Yeah. Mrs. Breer! It's kind of awkward that I chose to be here on my wedding anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, uh, Sarah turned up as a surprise to me, which is really, really good fun. But anyway, so Sarah will will testify to this one. Literally, we are like the Apple household. Like until like a week ago. Like Apple Pay, you know, like other than you know facilitating what you were saying earlier Once on this, yeah, like you know, being able to sort of let Nina underage drink in America, <laughs> like well done. Uh, then, then Apple Pay really just hasn't done it for me yet. So, like I'm I'm in the tendency to sort of get it over uh, here. like so. Listen, uh, and, yeah. and, 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 and Apple Apple Pay yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But if I just went for Apple.
5: Still, still, still wins, that ends
0: up. I'm just Stop. gonna say, well, I just have on on to on say, icon so, ten.
4: So hands up if you think Apple should be down that end. What wow, that is? That is. <laughs> hands up if you think Apple should be up this end. Oh I think that's all 50-50. Here? Yeah. Here, here. Compromise? That's middle of the
0: road. What to pay is math. But I,
4: I do realise that for podcast listeners, that whole this and that end thing, is just probably not going to work so
2: we'll well. well. we'll put this up on social media later. <laughs> It'll be fine. Uh, so next up we have ICOs.
0: The initial coin offering. <laughs> what do we think of the initial coin offering? The blockchain VCs raising 500 million, 250 million. This is getting vomit signs. People are pushing to the side. People do not want... Can, can we just ask, who who, uh, who understands I, ICOs, really? Remember that story earlier?
2: <laughs>
4: oh, if you
0: let oh, go down, then hand went up straight down. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to point out that Sam Altman of Y Combinator just came out and said that ICOs could be a revolution in funding. This stuff's crossing over for cool. Does that change anyone's mind? Like, 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 to, to, to be honest,
2: like, ICOs are making Bitcoin look normal. <laughs> okay. So like, they like,
6: have to come no. over here. No. No. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, okay. Right, I'll go with
0: Thinky Face. Because you think I think like, like, this is clearly a bubble, it's clearly mental, but I do think there's a there there.
2: Okay. Uh, moving on, and uh, we have the, the, the sort of second on the list of people making up shit that they know you about, about is artificial <laughs>
3: intelligence. Do you think artificial intelligence? So so I oh,
2: there's Ooh, a whoa. like
3: like
0: further? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: like, So so my my, my thing is like, I reckon, I agree with you, it's in the tree, it's a (laughs) beautiful, so many different things, like the thing that I think is over here, He's basically saying how many of you people are going to be fired because of AI. And that's what we've seen come out over the last couple of weeks with banks, right?
0: Yeah, Deutsche Bank came out and said a big number. Big number. Big number would be losing their jobs because of AI, which, if you work in a bank and you hear somebody, in an executive, say that, kind of demoralizing, so maybe that one not so great, but AI, it's in the tree, which for listeners is beyond cool. The uh, so there we go, we heard it here. Okay, okay. so next we're
2: going for. I'm not a
0: bank, I'm a
2: technology <laughs> company. That's like
0: very specific. It is a bank saying that they're a technology yeah. company.
2: Small, small show of hands in terms of audience participation. here. Okay. I have the list here. I know who you people are. <laughs> Put your hands up if your CEO has said, we're not a bank, we're a technology firm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's quite a few hunts nice going on. At least twenty of you are liars. Absolute liars. Like we have to put this one over here. That it's, is yeah. that is vomit. Yeah. That unless, is vomit. unless you're here from BBVA and, and your actual CEO is a developer. Like, you know, like actually was a was a like hands on doing that stuff.
0: Not cool anymore. I think Tom Blomfeld would have a shout
2: for that as well. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> right? <laughs> so so next up we have,
0: um, should we get a corporate VC's? So corporate VC's, yeah, so corporate BC's? How do we feel about corporate VC's? Oh, there's a lot of people pointing any, out. Do
5: that.
0: we have any in the room? I, I think there's like a corporate VC sitting yeah. at the front. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Looking very, very sheepish. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, like, everybody who's a corporate VC put your hand up? <laughs> what? Oh. what? Oh. At least one. No, nobody. no. Okay, so so where where do you think like you know it's it's essentially meant to be sort of the dumb, thinking faces.
0: Yeah, thinking faces. Thinking faces, getting it. Who's
2: a who's a fintech in the in the house? Anybody from a fintech? So um so like Ed from Buds Fintech. Like would you like do you, VCs are you see are beautiful corporate species a useful things? things. <laughs> so but but is. I don't know if people understand the space. Oh. <laughs> From uh, just raised to um, no.
0: so, so
2: <laughs> so let's, let's just uh, let's just see, let's have a, a space. Sh- maybe like a sign of yeah. sh- show of hands. So, yeah. meh or pinky face, in between, think like here, yeah. <laughs> like we've got one in the tree, and yeah. okay. now I've got to work one here. Like us go, meh. I, I think it's meh. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think there's probably in, in the in the industry there's maybe one exception to this. A, does everybody
5: know no, we know where this
3: Does
2: everybody going. know this guy here?
4: Does everybody know this? This for <laughs> listeners, baby holds a picture of Mariano Belkin. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was win. <weird. laughs> so so Mariano might be the coolest sort of a corporate VC I've ever the, come across.
3: Yeah, and, and, and Liz, I think you've had some feedback on this point. I have, but I don't know if you, any of you know Elmer Leonard. He wrote this like um, blog for writers where he writes, don't do complicated sentences and big words because you're not Margaret Atwood. Um, and several people have said to me, corporate VCs suck unless you're Marion the Blinky. So he's basically the only person in the world. So you're either Margaret Atwood or you're Marion the Blinky, and they're the rest of us. <laughs>
0: I, I think that the reason I love Mariano is just the level of abuse I receive on Twitter <laughs> for almost anything. So, so like, he's the only guy who's called as bullshit, uh, bullshit artist, live on our podcast. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> he he in the tree. 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 In the tree. He's hanging out in the tree. Yeah, Mariano and AI over in the tree.
2: So the other thing that we have left is innovation labs.
0: Does There's anybody someone. work in an innovation lab? That's a, a. Be brave, gentlemen and
2: ladies. Put your hands up if you do.
3: So, at what, what time, though? Is it okay? Is this innovation labs five years ago or innovation labs today?
0: Today, right now, today. Puke.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Any disagreements with puke? Anybody want to go further? to the subject?
3: Honestly, innovation labs In are, like, are like innovation labs are like. The other oh. three. Oh, oh, wow. wow.
2: Wow.
0: Innovation labs are an out-pop plant of yeah, but- disgust. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there's definitely an element of catch-up in most industries that are being played out. But, uh, but no, I, I think, um, I, think I, I definitely sort of feel comfortable with it being in the hanging plant, essentially.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, whilst the screen is coming down, uh, I need to thank our sponsors. And before we get back to the news, we just wanted to say, uh, while we never have enough time to cover every news story that's happened in the last week on this news show, you shouldn't forget that you can now head over to fintechinsidernews.com to read more about the stories we've discussed and many more besides. And you can sign up and become a contributor, join the discussion. You get to chat with us directly, which is kind of cool. And you can also submit the stories that we use every day, fintechinsidernews.com. Now I've got to thank our sponsors.
2: The Financial Times guides you through complex issues. In divisive times, don't settle for black and white. When you need the full perspective, turn to FT.com. Become a subscriber today. Search for FT subscription.
0: Fintech innovation is changing the way we bank. And the speed we deploy new customer experiences is vital. Onboarding the right Fintech partners can take months. Do you have time to lose? Introducing the Innovation Acceleration Platform from Temenos. Test Fintech solutions at speed with real data straight from the core banking system. With a yearly subscription, you can begin testing the same day and create new customer experiences in no time. For more details, visit marketplace.temenos.com. Thank you very much to our sponsors. And we are here (laughs) at WeWork Allgate for a blockchain insider story. We had to do it. There was a big story this week. Uh, Y Combinator wants to let people invest in its startups through the blockchain. So this was a story where Sam Altman of Y Combinator, which I referenced a few moments ago, said, actually, this idea of crowdfunding with technology makes a lot of sense. We've seen crowdfunding platforms, but maybe this technology can do crowdfunding in a different way, because traditionally you had to be a sophisticated investor, in air quotes. And a sophisticated investor meant you had a lot of money, or you could pay somebody who had a lot of money to invest. And crowdfunding platforms have done okay, but ICOs have absolutely dwarfed them. So would you like shares in some of your favorite fintech startups or tech startups generally? And the idea is that an ICO can help you. So I like this concept. I think it's right, but I do definitely agree with the audience that perhaps there's just a little bit too much hype going around the ICOs at the moment.
3: I think the quote here in the article is, do I think ICOs are silly, bordering on scams? Yes, they
5: are. Absolutely. Oh, but then he talks about <laughs> regulation, which is the key point here, right?
3: Yeah. Like, you can, in, you guys, anybody in
5: this audience can invest their money. They can go and buy stocks and shares and, like, they're in, perfectly entitled to do that in a regulated entity. So if you're going to go out there and you're going to regulate ICOs, like, pretty much every major regulator has said, like, come on, guys, let's pull this back a bit. Let's, you know, you're either in the box, you're out the box, if you're well, out so the box. The regulators have said then.
0: some interesting stuff, right? Because there's two things. There's investing in an ICO as if you're buying shares, which, yeah, you're going to want to be regulated if you're buying shares. And then there's this new thing, which is like buying a ticket to a theme park that hasn't been built yet. And actually, if you look at what the SEC said, they said, that's interesting, that's new. We don't necessarily know how we're going to regulate it yet, but it's kind of cool, but we want to see best practice. And if you go back to what happened with crowdfunding a couple of years ago, like crowdfunding came up with their own best practice. And then lo and behold, a few years later, the FCA came along and rubber stamped it. I think we're going to see the same again on the app tokens. Uh, just want to say, like, been there, done that. I mean, if we're
4: talking about crowdfunding for a, a um,
0: oh, a vintage, the Monzo oh, story. Like,
4: All right. I'm sorry, Monzo just started that that whole trend. A million pounds in 96 seconds, people. Then two and a half million pounds, you know, a few years later. Two hundred million to in an you hour. You crashed
5: the site. We crashed the yeah, site. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: So the whole ICO thing. But I, I totally agree that on one hand, like, it people are just doing that arbitrage on. They are doing crowdfunding and selling shares. Illegally, you know, they're selling securities. But on the other hand, they're doing, you know, they're doing the the protocol uh, sale, ticket sale, um, which is which is perfectly
2: reasonable. I, I don't understand
4: uh, which which
5: bit, <laughs> David. So, so, How assen-
2: far back do we need to take essentially, you? Essentially, essentially, this is like Kickstarter for a thing I might want, but you won't tell me what the thing so, is. So the thing is that I have to put money in.
5: But did, but did big celebrities come out? Did, did I don't know, Paris Hilton or whoever the latest one is this week, I'm sure there's another one I'm not sure. You're not Jamie Foxx this week. I may have been on holiday, you know, you may have George heard that. So, so um, Jamie Foxx.
2: Jamie Foxx. Right, I'm in, in I'm in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what it is anymore, now I'm in.
3: So. But, this, but the
5: sensible point here, right, is like how many people have heard of crowdfunding and how many people have heard crowdfunding and Monzo? Not that many. How many people have heard of ICOs? An awful lot more because Jamie Foxx comes out and put it, puts it on Twitter, and then everybody kind of jumps into it. So the, the, the regulation needs to move faster on this one, would be my point. It needs to, to get in there quicker because the whole thing is But, but I up. think the
0: regulator's point here is, look, if you're selling something that looks like shares, then you should probably try and get it regulated like it's shares. If you're selling something that's not like shares, then be sensible, don't do stupid stuff whilst we figure out what we're going to do.
5: Did Jamie Foxx come out and say this is shares or not shares, or did he just say it's a shiny ICO yeah, you can know. make money on?
0: Is, is
4: Jamie Foxx going to die because in China I am saying he's French, a gold digger yeah. is,
5: this, is, this,
2: is this share the singer Share? oh now like, just like getting I'm going to right,
0: I'm, I'm move us okay. on because we, this is getting crazy um, there's a story on Business Insider um, there are some stats that have come out on gender balance in UK fintech sector and apparently it's 71% male so looking around the room actually I think we're, pretty balanced actually, yeah I'd say yeah. We're, it's probably not quite that I'd say more 60-40 60-40,
5: 60/40. yeah, yeah
0: that got a lot of people talking on uh, fintechinsidernews.com um looking at our audience so it's not too bad Liz Sarah do you have any thoughts on this i am well, just oh, throwing uh, to you for...
5: if any, if anybody's if anybody's heard the previous podcast that Liz and I did together it was the one where uber was outed for having a ceo who had some it behavioral is. problems he
3: did
2: he had some um
5: problems. so liz why don't you go first and then i'll i'll follow oh, you oh boy oh
3: boy oh boy oh boy we, um, we have <laughs> but you know first of all we're just talking about gender diversity this is like the basic thing you're talking about right now um you know what i think 71 percent male is that's generous okay so tony from banking tech wrote an article after um Money 2020, where he talked about a little bit being in the journalism world, it's kind of 50-50. And then you get into sort of in banking world, it's about 70-30. And then in the fintech startup world, you know, last year, globally, VC funding for female-led startups was 2.1%. If you're a woman of color, that goes way under, like, it's not even on the chart. Um, And that's fucking criminal. And so... What happens is there might be thirty percent women in fintech, but once you get into leadership positions, when you get into positions where people have money, that becomes very male.
2: Mm. Is it, isn't it literally fucking criminal? It
3: is yeah. fucking criminal because stuff <laughs> is being stuff is being designed for a certain set of people. Mm. Yeah, I mean,
5: this is is the point, like to to go back to my cynical point, which may be one that I play quite often. Um, Which which one, Sarah? Yeah, okay, (laughs) right, I'll clarify on this one. Um, If you want to make money, you have to design something that solves a problem. If you want to understand the problem, you have to understand more than just the minority, which is the white male who has the problem. If you're trying to design a product for everybody, I don't know, in the UK, you're gonna have to think a bit more broadly than being, for example, white men. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's so, kind of like,
3: okay, like they, I think um, there are two stories i got to tell. I'm sorry. You've given me the floor. Um, <laughs>
2: so, I got this. So, <laughs> so
3: just talking about gender diversity, women walk outside their houses every day in a world that was not designed for us. Okay. I spoke at a conference on Tuesday. I put a lapel pin on my dress without pockets. How many women here are in dresses without pockets? Okay.
5: I tried to put my hand up and I threw the mic over.
3: <laughs> I said to the, his guy said to me, where are you going to, where are you going to hook this? I'm like, it's been everywhere, sweetheart. Okay. <laughs> um, and I kind of made it. A... And every
5: woman in this room knows that. Like, they know where their mic packs have been. He, he, d- said, he didn't know whether to laugh. Or, uh,
3: like... But I said to him, someday, this is going to be female friendly. And he went, that's never going to happen.
2: Oh. He he did not know who he was talking to, So,
3: So last week, and I haven't written about this yet, these two ex-Google guys built this app called Bodega, which made a lot of people angry for a lot of reasons. It made me angry for a slightly different reason, and it's to destroy the corner market, and they called it Bodega. So, of course, people were attacking them for attacking communities. And I'm looking at this and they've got funding from some big names in Silicon Valley. They've got funding from people who look at, you know, Facebook and Twitter. And I looked at it and what it is is a box that will be in your apartment that you can buy stuff with, with your phone. I'm thinking, they they invented a vending machine. <laughs> What? This is it. This is a 28 year old man in Silicon Valley who comes home late and wants a bag of crisps. And that's the problem he's solving that is supposedly fucking disruptive. And it's not.
5: No concept of like shopping for, I don't know, a family? On a budget, maybe? Why, why don't know. they
3: build something that helps small, that sm- helps corner businesses deal with their supply chain? Yeah. Why don't they build something that helps small businesses deliver to their community so they can get more customers? Well, I why mean, don't I'd, 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 I'd argue a bit better. against that
4: because I don't think they're out there to destroy small businesses. This is what they said. They I said think we want to destroy to, the corner market. Um, to actually earn money, to, to grow a big <laughs> business. And, and you might argue that actually small uh, corner shops are inefficient. That actually actually if you spread them about in boxes, in places where it's a people work.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so why I'm, don't you do something? So that I'm not improves arguing against that.
4: I'm not arguing against yeah. that it's a it's a, a more intelligent, you know, uh, uses data and technology and everything better vending machine. Okay. And if it's just a case of it being a marketing play, then I think that's fine.
5: All right, to bring this back to the gender point, <laughs> ladies and gents, because we can have we can have thoughts about vending machines. I, 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 we can we can do a podcast on I, vending machines. I basically
2: want some crisps now. I'm, I'm just gonna be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> On TechCrunch, there is a story submitted to Fintech Insider News by Eagle. Google debuts Tez, a mobile payments app for India. Sarah, this one's for you.
5: Um, so this is this is Google's first foray into mobile payments in Asia. Uh, it's a free mobile wallet that links to a user's bank accounts to allow them to pay online, in shops, and also do P2P, so like person-to-person payments. The really interesting thing about this one is how it works, right? So, um... I don't know, just hands up, who knows what UPI is? If we're talking about India, who knows what UPI means? One, two, three, five, five. Okay, so UPI is India's unified payments interface. It's a government-backed system that allows for instant bank-to-bank transfers in India. And so basically that means anybody who's a customer of those banks can use this solution. They're straight in, they're logged in. Um, The other thing is that it uses sound. It uses audio QR, which um, basically uses sound wave to send payment information between phones in proximity. So what that means is you can use basically a very low uh, tech spec phone and not much battery to make a payment. So it's it's a, it's a very very clever way of doing it. It's a very very innovative way innovative way of doing it. It also works like a chat app. So. Asia, chat apps, huge. They basically invented the damn things. So um, it's also going to come pre-installed on those lower-end smartphones. Um, the thing about this is the choice of market, right? They've chosen India. Paytm already has 20 million people over there. So whilst I'm all behind it, I think my technology is super innovative. They've got one Have hell of an uphill struggle. Late. Have
0: they done it too late? Of but but can I
4: actually sing my jingle to pay? That's what I want. Okay. Like, I don't want, the, I mean, the, I, like, I want to sing it.
1: I actually, when you, I, when I, when I first looked at this, when I first looked at this story, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know much about it until I was uh, researching with this evening. But when you actually go through the capabilities of this it's actually very impressive. And just the, the, the tiny gestural commands that turn on things. So the thing that really stood out to me was um, to differentiate whether you are a payer or a receiver is just this really lovely like switch on the, on the phone. So if your two phones are close to each other and one of you switches on that you're the payer and then the other one switches on that you're the receiver, that then is then that uses the NFC. That that it then doesn't
5: use NFC. Either, that's the point. Or the, it's or the just, QR, it's, the sound QR, or whatever it's, it's it is. It's audio, audio waves. too. audio wow. waves.
1: I mean, that is just for me. I just I looked at that and thought that was just you know very very cool. I that think there you've got, cool
0: got a market place. that has that UPI capability, so somebody can plug in really easy to instant bank transfers. That's a great leg up. Number two, they've targeting a capability on phones here with audio QR codes, which again is innovative. So they're behind from an adoption perspective with Paytm, which is on 11FS Pulse, by the way. Um, And Paytm has done extremely well, but will they get there Google floundered in payments Google uh, Android Pay hasn't done well and we the Google but, Wallet but didn't where do well are the
5: Android solid markets they're in Southeast Asia right so if you, if they're going to take that payment capability to somewhere like Indonesia boom they're in like uh, Paytm is trying that but like Google is not behind there when so. you think
1: about the business um you know when you look at kind of small retailers you know I have a history that I've I've you know Done kind of professionally. I've worked in retail, um, kind of on the strategy side. And one of the big problems is understanding who your best customers are and sending, uh, you know, relevant offers to them. You know, you. Ha- I mean, one of the companies that I worked for sent their best customers not just you know exclusive content but all content because the way their system worked was yeah they qualify for people who shop once a year yeah they qualify for people who shop twice a year and yeah they qualify for people who shop three times a year so now they get all of these emails what's really cool about this is they can break down their customer segment very very specifically and power these um these kind of rewards to them like on a per person basis which google
0: really... are bad at data aren't they yeah. and, and they're very gonna cool. they're gonna keep being badass at data but speaking of people who aren't badass at <laughs> data
5: uh, you know ed- where we're going. Going, I can <laughs> see your face.
3: What? What
0: a move! Equifax, equi fucked, equi screwed oh, up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Life. that wasn't me. That was TechCrunch. Like, I, credit where it's due. There's so much to love here, Jason. Do you want to just run us through the highlights on this one really quickly? Uh, I'm. This is
4: mind blown. Like, we're back to the emoji wall. Where's the mind blown column? Um. So, 143 million. That's the number of people whose data was hacked. That's half the population of the u s um, that's social security numbers birth dates addresses driver's license numbers I mean that's just that's people's identity social security number that's like Holy grail one hundred and forty three million so um fact number two like it wasn't a one-time event. They exploited a security floor, which was nine years old. And for those uh, uh, techie in the room, it was Apache struts. And not only that, but then just before the news broke and they took a while for it to, for it to come out, uh, allegedly, three of the top execs sold shares. In the company oh at, the, oh.
5: at the start of August. You know, I wish I could describe people's faces right now. Uh, like, there's uh, literally uh, jaws dropping.
4: And this, this, what these weren't the shares where they'd logged ahead of time. They were going to plan to sell them. This was just, a, oh, I fancied selling four thousand shares today. You know how For it goes. No
2: apparent reason at all.
4: And yeah. it, and if that wasn't incriminating enough, they then created a website that let you check to see if you were affected. And in the fine print, you have to agree that if you let them check you say that you waive your rights to sue
0: Equifax.
4: Oh, this is my yeah. favourite
5: bit as of this any, whole story. As
0: any part of a class this action lawsuit. So, so the amount of organisations that are absolutely creaking at the seams when it comes to how they're doing cyber security because they've got old systems and because they're not keeping up to date with stuff, compared to what you see in the open source community, it's just not acceptable to be this bad anymore. And there are so many more like this to come. Because the vulnerabilities, ju- they didn't patch their software. That's like not tying your shoelace it's so stupid but we are up against it on time another drink for uh, for martin over in the corner there um there's a story on fortune which is our and finally story which was submitted to fintech insider news by our very own sam mall shout out for sam mall what a legend that man is uh, south park mercilessly pranked viewers amazon echoes you saw this one david i think
5: this is why i don't have one in my house <laughs> this exact reason is like it's not coming anywhere near my front door Alexa
0: <laughs>
2: it was hilarious honestly it was so funny like I won't go in like I'm not sure even we can take it down to the level of sort of schoolboy uh, sort of comedy that, uh, that was actually involved in it but if you haven't seen this episode you really need to do
4: something. Alexa add to to-do list listen to Fintech Insider Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> Alexa subscribe to Fintech Insider <laughs> on that note that wraps up another new show thank you to our fantastic guests where can people find out more about you Sarah
5: uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sarah Kashansky. If you can't spell that, you can find me on Business Insider.
0: And Liz.
3: You can find me at various wine bars around the city. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> uh, Girl disrupted.com.
0: I've got to thank Jamie, our hype man. Oh. <laughs> Come on, guys. Jamie from Bud. Where can people find out more about you from Bud?
3: Uh, you can go
1: to thisisbud.com you can tweet me at, uh, at JC the original or you could head to thisisbud.com forward slash careers where we are also <laughs> where we are also hiring in the, uh, in the in anyone who's a developer please get in touch um, you know, still
0: not a recruitment event still. I think it could be
1: <laughs> FinTech Insider recruitment T- time share new- anybody yeah.
0: <laughs> no so also I gotta thank the team that make this possible so Ollie give us a wave Ollie is our Woo! head of content I've got to also thank Laura. Laura's an absolute superstar, creating the show notes for us. Martin keeping the sound together for us always. (laughs) And of course, the man that keeps the show on the road, that gets the edits out in no time whatsoever, the superstar, the hero that is Michael Bailey. Michael. (laughs) I have to thank Flavorly for making it possible with the beers and thank you to WeWork for letting us use this space. Um, we'd love it if you give us a five-star review on iTunes. Wink, wink, not a recruitment event. Wink, wink.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. There's like 70 of them on iTunes. There's more of you motherfuckers here. <laughs> so some of you guys have not done a five-star review. I, I, we have your names. We know yeah, who, we know you, who are. you are. We will track you down. I okay? see
0: like... your faces, people. Uh, and finally, thank you to our amazing audience. Thank you.
6: Woo!